Situations that would change and fade away, a problem with the health of the environment became, by definition, a problem with the totality of human existence. At issue was humanity's place in the natural order of a world increasingly subservient to the human species. Who but us could devise so perfect a way to contend with ourselves? The President's reference to Miss Carson's book would now be opaque to the several generations of Americans who have come of age in the intervening years. Rachel Carson is unknown to almost anyone under the age of 50, but in 1962, no elaboration was needed. Carson was the best-selling author of three books about the oceans, and by any measure, one of America's most respected and beloved writers, or so she had been. The new book to which Kennedy referred, Silent Spring, was a bristling polemic about the indiscriminate use of pesticides. It was unlike anything Carson had previously written. Although not yet actually a book, it wouldn't be published for another month, in June, three long excerpts from Silent Spring had appeared in consecutive issues of The New Yorker. By the time of Kennedy's press conference, the New Yorker articles had raised public alarm in the United States and abroad and prompted the chemicals industry to launch an angry and concerted effort to discredit Silent Spring and destroy its author. The woman at the center of this firestorm scarcely seemed capable of becoming such a polarizing figure. Now fifty-five years old, Rachel Carson had spent most of her adult life in the company of her mother, riding, bird-watching, and visiting the seashore. Petite, soft-spoken, and nearly apolitical, she lived quietly in a leafy suburb of Silver Spring, Maryland, with a cat and her orphan ten-year-old grandnephew, Roger Christie, whom she had adopted. Carson had earned a master's degree in zoology at Johns Hopkins University, but had never worked as a scientist. In the gloom of the Great Depression, she instead found a job as an information specialist with the federal government's Bureau of Fisheries, an agency later merged with the Biological Survey to form the U.S. Fish and Wildlife Service. In 1951, her book, The Sea Around Us, made Carson's literary reputation. It stood atop the New York Times bestseller list for 39 weeks and won the National Book Award, and she left government service. Every spring, Carson and Roger drove north to Southport Island on the main coast, where she owned a cottage on a rocky bluff overlooking Sheepscot Bay. Here, Carson passed her summers in reflection, gazing at the ebb and flow of the sea, collecting marine specimens in the tidal pools along the shore, and visiting, often deep into the fog-shrouded nights, with her neighbors Dorothy and Stanley Freeman. In the fall, she went home. Carson's writings about the sea were characterized, solemnly and without fail, as poetic, a term invoked by reviewers as a way of saying that she wrote with a grace that was unexpected, given her subject. The living, evolving nature of the open ocean and the intertidal zones on its threshold were unfamiliar to most readers, as were the lessons in geology and physics and biology that Carson poured into her narratives. Her knack for gentle explanation beguiled critics and readers alike, even those who could have never imagined caring about science or the strange water world that so fascinated Carson.
Critics remarked, time and again, that there was something bracing and surprising in the fact that a woman should have such a profound understanding of the physical environment. They also believed her to be a heroic correspondent, regularly at sea on research vessels hurtling through storms, or swimming among the fish teeming on the coral reefs of the tropics, a false impression that she never bothered to correct. A friend who once drew a caricature of Carson's public persona had depicted her as an Amazon towering at the edge of a stormy sea, a harpoon in one hand and a writhing octopus in the other. Carson, who would have been more accurately shown hunched over a microscope or in the library surrounded by piles of books, thought the drawing hilarious. A slow writer who revised endlessly, Carson had worked on Silent Spring for almost four years, though she had worried for much longer than that.